Welcome, I'm uh, Nige. And I'm Corey. And this is our as of yet unnamed uh, unnamed podcast, near weekly podcast, uh, where we talk about um, movies we've seen, movies we want to see, and anything else movie related that pops into our heads. Now, um, we're not going to try and ruin or spoil anything for anyone. However, we do tend to ramble. So um, if you're trying to go into the movie we're talking about blind, this week we're talking about True Grit, um, stop this now. Yeah, absolutely. It's not a spoil-free zone. But, um, you know, we're not going to ruin it for you. Man, that was a good intro, Nigel. Well, let's just jump straight into True Grit. And now Corey's going to regale you with a tale of why this is not going to be as good as Battle Los Angeles. Battle for LA. We got <laughs> we got the trailer for Battle for LA in the cinema, and I said, oh yeah, this thing looks exciting. I mean, it's Independence Day 4-2, <laughs> but it really is. It really is. And the Americans you know get what? to... I would go and see Independence Day 4-2. I do four squared. They'd have to put a squared in it so it's cool, <laughs> like pie. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that is fresh. Yeah, it, is, that. it is. So we saw... True Grit. We, you do your intro, because I'm just going to say it was a Coen's Brothers, Jeff Bridges, Weston. That's, that's all there is. I, I didn't know a lot about the film. I, I, I tried Ma- Massive Coen Brothers fan. Yeah, I tried not to watch the trailer too many times. I just It was Coen Brothers starring the dude. It's a Weston. Yeah, that's dude, all I want to know. The dude from The Big Lebowski, obviously. He's only done one film with the Coens. Coens have done dozens of good films. Dozen, maybe. Everyone's seen them. Fargo, Big Lebowski. Help me out here, bro. Uh, Barton Fink. Barton Fink. Uh, no Country for Old Men. Blood Simple. Raising Arizona. Hudsucker Proxy. What was that What was that one with uh, George Clooney and the hair paste? Well, no, you said the good ones. So you can stop now. No, no, that one, the western one, one, based on the... Oh, I'd rather we're out there. I'd rather out there. Right. That's not bad. Yeah, you know, it's great. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the other Clooney one he did. Oh, the other Clooney one? Yeah. Let's not mention that. <laughs> Let's not mention that. That hasn't even got a name. True Grit. Oh, man. Jeff Bridges as a one-eyed, rough-as-guts, bounty hunter slash US Marshal. What a performance. Ah, oh, It Jesus. was. It was it fantastic. Was. It was fantastic. So the, what's the story? Is he that, up again this, for these academies? Uh, yeah, probably. Why not? Why not? We'll give him the rough story. Didn't he win last year for uh, Crazy Hunt? I didn't see that, but I think so. Is he going to win twice in a row? That would be awesome. He deserves to. He doesn't do that many films. I mean, you saw him in Tron, but... He was good in Tron. Yeah, he was the only good thing. How could he not be good in Tron? Mm. I think we give him a quick plot. The quick plot where Mm -hmm. it's in the Wild West. Uh, A girl's father is killed and she hires a lawman to to bring the killer to justice. That's the easiest way to put it. (laughs) Nicely done. Nicely done. She hires Jeff Bridges and they head off after the bad man. Every single part of the film was fantastic. The Coens really know what they're doing in terms of dialogue and visuals, but when you give them a Western like No Country or even some of the shots from Blood Simple, the, oh, Jesus, their cinematography is fantastic. But they, they, try, they try everything under the sun. Like, you can't go, oh, this is a Coens movie, so this is going to be, um, I love Big Lebowski, this is going to be the same as that. Or, yeah. no, I love Fargo, this is going to be the same as that. Or No Country or whatever. Every fucking thing they do is totally different. We can, we can swear. This is our podcast. No one's going to stop us <laughs> swearing. That was nicely done. There's a little panic after the swear. Everything they do is so different. So um, going to this one, I had no idea what to expect. Like, oh, it's, it's got the dude in it. It's going to be quirky. It's going to be, you know, maybe like Dead Man. Like, they just wander along, come across random characters. It's mm. going to be heaps of cameos by all their previous actors. And there was fucking no one to be found in there. There was no cameo spotting at all. No, every bit part was played by no one. It was Unless no you quirk the main. in there. We haven't mentioned that Matt Damon was in there as another lawman, and the bad guy is, doesn't matter if we ruin it, the bad guy is Josh Brolin, who was in No Country for Old Men, as yeah. the good guy. Yeah. Although, in the, even in No Country, he steals bloody 
a bag of money. Yeah, I don't know if you want to go. He Good bring, guy. He but... brings back water, though. He gives that guy water. He did? Yeah, man, the Mexican in the truck. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I'm All the way back, he's lying in bed. He's like, oh, I can't do it. That was, that was good of him. Yeah. But we're, we're discussing the wrong film. Yeah. <laughs> so I went in, I was expecting um, I was expecting some quirk. I was expecting a lot of comedy, big performances, uh, and something really, really different. I don't think I got that, yeah. but I don't know how disappointed I am with that. It's not that funny. No, no, it's not. It's not. It didn't have a lot of quirky characters. It wasn't even that big a cast. I'm going to say I liked all the ropes in it. <laughs> Putting a rope around your sleeping bed to protect for snakes, never heard of that. Some Does it dude, actually work? Why would that work? I think a snake doesn't want to climb over a rope. Maybe it He climbs over sticks. Yeah. Who cares? This is the West, man. They have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> there was one dude whose rifle was a sling was rope. The, shit, man. The cones go nuts when it comes to... Oh, I was going to say, he's on the scene like a wanker. <laughs> no, 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 no. The Coens, you know, every, everything they do turns to gold. Mm. Everything the Coens does turns to gold. It does. Now, if we were film wankers, we could sit there and um, ascertain exactly why. What it is they do. Is it their film techniques? Is it their writing skills or whatever? And a lot of directors, you can do that. Um, what I like about them. You know what I really like about Tarantino? I could talk about fucking for 90 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cohen's? The magic. Yeah. That's why. Because they make stuff always different, always brilliant for different reasons, always magic. Not always, but... No, absolutely, though. Like, you can't... You can compare Fargo and The Big Lebowski and No Country for Old Men as some of the greatest films you've ever seen, but they are three so totally different films. If someone didn't know the Coens, you couldn't say, oh, really? Oh, you love No Country for Old Men. You should watch Big Lebowski. Yeah, you'd be <laughs> like, why? Why? <laughs> why? I thought going into this, it was going to be another somber western, like No Country for Old Men, but No Country had more action, less western action. It had, you know, it had sheriffs and stuff like that. This one was pure western. This was pure western glory, one of my favourite genres. Everything about it. Horse chases, horses getting blown, not, not in a rude term, you need to look that up. Um, <laughs> Gunfights, rifles, cookouts, snakes, bad guys, cabins. I would have even thought like, this would be like, a, oh, this is going to be the Cohen's twisted version of a Western. Like, they've taken what you thought and they've twisted it. it to me, it wasn't. To me, it was a Western. Yeah, it was on my Done exceptionally well. Yeah. Another Western <laughs> done exceptionally well, that, again, is modern. All these people are doing modern westerns, like um, Three Burials of Melchiard Estrada. Melchiades. Can't say their name. Starring Barry Pepper, who played Lucky Ron. Wow. In True Grit. Lucky Ron? Continue. Who's Lucky Ron? Lucky. Not Lucky Ned? Lucky Ned, sorry. Lucky Fuck. Ned. The, yeah, 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 yeah. Cut. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. oh he looks so good in there. His makeup job is... The sheep, oh, sheepskin chaps. God. The sheepskin chaps. And <laughs> the was... camera shot, there's like a hero shot looking up from the boot up to his face. Mm. And half the shot is like a sheep, but it's not. It's just, it's just trout. It's there just trout. There were so many good up shots and down shots. Did you notice how much they played with the camera? Yeah. The Coen's do they, they try everything. There was I mean, the, the scene of the hanging and stuff like that. The tree shake. How good is that tree shake? That yeah, came yeah. out of nowhere. <laughs> Such a simple touch. When you, when you people watch it, you'll, um, you'll know what I'm talking about. Oh, man. Oh, man, that tree shake was good. And the court scene at the start, like they're just showing off before they go and do a western... When they introduce you to the dude, before they, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rooster, Rooster Coltrane, or oh, his name is. Cogburn, and you can't even hear, when she's walking up the stairs into the courtroom, you can't even hear what he's saying. It's just a rumble. They were so attractive. They repeat that when he's he's horsing in front of them. Like, if they're three riding in, uh, in line, Indian file, oh, oh, there's a terminology. 
and he's in front, they they dull and mute and ruin his voice so that you're as if you're falling behind. He's Russian. <laughs> the the, the Berenstein Bears, the Hillbilly Bears, whatever they were, they're feuding. Yeah, his voice was good. His gruffness was good. The the acting he did in that one eye was incredible. Oh, absolutely, that if, eye was acting. If actors could act as much as Jeff can throw about with one blue eye, yeah, this is people have got to see this film. This and, is fantastic. And so so how'd you go with uh, how'd you go with Matt Damon? Ah, uh, Matt Damon was was really good. Although he seemed ill suited when I saw him on the poster, I was like, I can see Josh Brolin doing rugged. I could definitely see Jeff Bridges doing rugged. Yeah, maybe Matt it was, Damon. Really? Do you still do you think he came out? Off. I thought he fitted perfectly because I think they wrote his character as off. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. It was filmed in Arkansas, well and it was um, they could have done something obvious, like put him in a all leather outfit and and call him a clown a couple of times. But instead, they just make him not fit. I think he might have done a really good acting job as well. Yeah, especially later on when he's got to deliver them so well. Delivery. Talk about delivery. It changes halfway through for Matt Damon radically. No need to give that away. Right. But. Um, what a treat. What a treat for Matt Damon to get to act the second half of the film with a pseudo-different accent. Very, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, you, uh, let me ask you about the girl. Yeah. She, as far as I know, she's a non-actor. I've never seen her before. No, I think I think that's typical of the Coens, though, to find someone. Yeah, so how do, how, do reckon, um, how do you reckon she went? I think she was pretty good. Compare yeah. it to the Winter's Bone young heroine. Some of the accents were still, and the clipping of the dialogue was still the same, but she did a great role. Against some hard people to, you know, she's so, up. She's up against so some really. Bone, Jennifer Lawrence. She she's now taken off. She's now going to be in everything. Yeah, I'm saying um, this is. So do you reckon this girl will? Yeah. So it's it's on for another. It's only just started. We rushed to it opening night, as mm, you've got to do. Mm. You've got to do that with Cohen's. And it's rare for us, man. We don't go on open opening night, but this is one of the few of the year that we're gonna like. It's Cohen's. It's a western. It's Jeff Bridges. That's it. That's what I was thinking. Like, if somebody said to me, I think I tweeted this afternoon, if somebody said, what are you looking forward to this year? I'd say, well, I'm looking forward to any westerns that might come out. <laughs> any any movie where uh, Jeff Bridges plays a grizzly old man with with character by the bucketful. And uh, if the Coens release a film, I'll probably go to that. Oh, what was that? Is that a Cohen western Jeff Bridges, <laughs> Matt Damon? Um, really good story. It was obviously from a novel, but everything was, they did it so well. So now, do you need to go back? Do you feel you need to go back and either A, read the, the novel? Or watch the John Wayne one? Is that what you Or B, see the John Wayne one? No, nah, no, I don't, I don't <clears throat> particularly like John Wayne, actually, in terms of my love for Westerns. He's never, which is bizarre, but I'm not American. I have no love for the Duke, whatever they call him. I don't need to. What's the Duke? Oh, cheers. Just, you know, random things, bro. It's not all reading mm. the bottom of a... So, you don't, you, you, so you're not interested so much in, in the story and to see how they've what they've done with it? No, because why don't I read all those Al Moore Leonard novels mm. that have turned into every film ever to mm. double-check? If anything, I would like to read the book. Mm. Maybe the John Wayne one will turn up on MGM. This, this sort of movie populates that. You know, that'll get a release. Well, it wasn't... Like, was the, not like famous... the Italian Inglorious Bastards came out after Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards. Mm. So, you loved it. Yeah, I loved Perfect it. Perfect film. I loved it. I loved it. It was it was everything I hoped when I went to see it. And if I wanted to pull it apart, if I wanted to be a little critical, I'd say some slow... The, it took a long time to build things up in that town. Um, and the negotiating with that... The negotiating with the trader and things like that. That was that was typical Cohen's quirk, though. That was some of the quirkiest stuff we were getting mm. when she was in that town. There's a lot of scenes that I thought, this either needs to be quirky or lead to something. For example, seeing the guy up the tree. 
that, from my recollection, didn't go anywhere. <clears throat> no, that was quirk. Although, it all tied in nicely because he, body, don't know him, the Indian, the beer guy points both parties to the cabin. I was going to say... If you to give it overall. Oh, sorry. You keep going. No, I just want to say one thing about the ending. The ending to... People gave no country... Yeah, they gave a lot of shit for ending the way it did with that... Um, Tommy Lee Jones' chat with his wife on the kitchen table about his father. Oh, you And regaling the dream. I'm going to say people gave... anti-climax. People gave that shit for not working when I think it worked really well. This one deserves more, more shit than um, No Country. The ending on this one was a little... It was very Cohen's, the ending. Wrapping up. Like Fargo driving away with the guy in the back seat. Like, what'd you do it for? I don't know why you did it. Or, um... Are you talking anti-climax? Like, it just peters off? Yeah, the Coens like to put a peters off at the end of their film. And I'm saying, this didn't work to me as well as the peter off at No Country. The No Country one that generated shit was better than this. I wonder what people will say about the ending of this film. Yeah. They won't be able to comment on the action, Jeff Bridges' courage that he portrays in a couple of the scenes, and the Texans called by the bookness, the daughter's maturity, and maturity and old Western toughness that you'd expect. She had true grit, but not as much as Jeff. Everything. It was very western How cool is it saying the movie's title in dialogue? I know, I know. <laughs> Peter Griffin loves it. So I think it was I think it was fantastic. I thought it was terribly uh, anticlimactic and I think um I heard I heard a review for there was a biggie uh, Biggie and Tupac doco <laughs> that someone said was terrible because he went around going, I'm gonna interview this guy now, watch this. Hey, do you wanna talk to me? He's like, No. Oh, okay. Okay, now I'm gonna go in this like this that's what Mike Moore does the whole thing was stuff that didn't work why would you release the movie to me that ending was like a and then she went to do this and this didn't work and nothing happened and actually so chopped that off yeah they didn't chop it off no but Cohen's like to put that on there I don't get why so you agree with me that this is not going to work as well as it didn't work as well as Tommy Lee's well, I'll say I didn't, even, I didn't much... notice Tommy Lee's thing was anticlimactic. I never, I thought this movie was terribly anticlimactic. I didn't notice that No Country was. No, it just had a weird bit at the end. Like Margie, you're such a super lady. Like like Margie from Fargo, looking in the rear vision mirror as she tows the car back. And he's, you know, House of Pancakes guy's in the back there. What's his name? He's in prison, he's in prison break. He's huge, huge actor. He's in Dogtooth, Dogville. Come on, bro. Everyone's in Dogville. Ah. Huge cast in Dogville. He's not Steve Buscemi in Fargo. He's not William H. Macy. He's not Margie. He's the other criminal. Peter Stormare? Yeah, Peter Stormare. Oh. Yeah, Peter Stormare. House of Pancakes. That's one of his lines. He's like, I want House of Pancakes. Ah, oh, cut that. That's embarrassing. I don't know that. Yeah, but it was pretty weak. Reference. Oh, and he's like, oh, haven't we heard pancakes like already? Let's get some hookers. And he's like, pancakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm saying we'll get some pancakes and then we'll get some hookers. That's who Margie was looking at in the back window. It's only Peter Stormy left alive. And she's taking him back, towing his car and taking him back. Climax is over. The climax of that film was the wood chipper. And the anti-climax is driving slowly back with him in the car. The climax of No Country is doesn't Havia crash his car? Gives those kids. Gives those kids a hundred bucks and, and for a sweatshirt and he walks and limps away. Yeah. That's the very end of the film until Tommy Lee talks about Yeah. It. Yeah, you don't know whether he's just killed the wife. He has a car accident. It's like, kill the wife, car accident. And then it just peters. Yeah. And just like this one, peters a bit. <clears throat> I can see why they did it, because they wanted the final scene. 
other than that, fantastic film. Nothing wrong with it. The scenes, the scenery. There's no my new, my new qualm would be, and it's not even it's not even really a qualm. This looked like the best made western I have ever seen. Did it look like a Coen's Brothers movie? Well, I don't really know what that is exactly, but it wasn't different at all. It was just the best of its kind. Is that a qualm? Yeah, you, they didn't take a western and do something with it. They let's let's say that. I thought they were going to mix it up. The Coens take a genre, and then they do something strange to it. Let's make mm. a gangster film, and then do something strange to it. Mm. Let's take a serial killer or a, a guy that gets his wife kidnapped film and do something strange with it. The strange thing they did with True Grit was make it awesome. Yeah. Let's take a western. What can we do with it? Make it the best western ever. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take a. Which let's take a. They, they accomplished that. Let's take a temper bowling slacker stoner comedy. No, not stoner comedy. You know, Big Lebowski, mm. and make it the best ever. You know. Mm. And then yeah, this one. Yeah, they conquered. That it was it was it was brilliant. Let me ask you, rewatchability. Yeah, it's gonna get better on rewatch. Yeah. It's gonna get better and better. Yep. I think it's gonna ask win. Best, I think it's gonna win best <laughs> picture. Oh, you, what do you think? I think Jeff Bridges infinitely rewatchable. Yeah, he could he could have a talk show. The film itself, I definitely go a second. Yeah, it's no Lebowski, it's no Fargo. That's what's a four and not a five star. Yeah, we I don't know. we don't do stars. We sit in the reviews. Don't do stars, but yeah. <laughs> no. no, I'll go to four and a half then. I'll go five, and that's we true do grit. That. We don't do that. Yeah, that, that's true grit. <laughs> we don't do that, but if we did, we'd do it like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're sitting there Um, let's let's talk about what's coming up in Auckland. Um. Oh, Black Swan. Shit. Let's talk about Black Swan. Black Swan's out now. We saw it two nights ago. That's on. It was going to be the first one we talked about, but we had recording functions, mm. which is why this is podcast number one for the Corey and Nigel, as yet unnamed, we talk about film. Black Swan was fantastic. We're not going to gush about that like we just did for 20 minutes for True Grit. But I well, loved... We might possibly. I loved Black Swan. We can if we want to. I loved Black Swan. I loved it. I don't even need to try and be all critical about it. I'm just going to gush my love for Black Swan and Natalie Portman. And the music of that ballet, and the dancing, and the choreography, the lights, and the costume, the direction, and the editing. Back to Natalie Portman and Aronofsky, whatever his name is. Man, that guy's good. The director. Man, that guy's good. Black Swan. They should win everything, and then they should create another awards. There's the Golden Globes. There's the Oscars. They should think of a third to heap more on it. It was fantastic. What a, what a film. Nigel. <laughs> And, um, and and what else did you like about it? What else did I like about it? <laughs> <laughs> That's clever. That's clever. I, I'll get into specifics in a minute. <laughs> do you think, should we tell them to go see it or do they got that? I thought it was really good. Not, no one's going to listen to this because it's week one, but people need to appreciate that right now are the two best films on of the year at the same time. You could go on a Tuesday and for 20 bucks see Black Swan and True Grit and walk out a much better person. Very possibly. I'm thinking quite possibly they'll end up in my top 10 of the year, both of them, but um, I have a question about it. A question for me or a question for the director or a question yeah, for qu- the audience? question for the film. Okay. I'll, we I'll have try our, our, our first guest um, is Black Swan is here today, ladies and gentlemen, and I have a question for Black Swan. Um, no, for, probably for Aronofsky. I don't know what... Aronofsky's a confusing motherfucker. Yeah. Anyone who's seen any of his films. Pie. Yep. Requiem for your dream. Requiem for a Dream. The Fountain? Mm. 
The Wrestler, Black Swan. This is this is five. This is number five. You could not look at a film and go, oh, well, that's an Aronofsky, obviously. Oh my god, none of those have got anything in common at all. They've got no. I haven't. I haven't seen enough to comment. Which ones have you seen? I think he's got a bit of a style. I've seen Pie, Requiem, Wrestler, and Black Swan. I was going to say they've got degradation of the human body, maybe. Yeah. In some style. Earlier, when I was talking about film wanks, that's the thing that I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> would, they use, would they use the word degradation? Oh my god! Possibly. I, I struggle with me. I struggle with me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, was a, which was a talking point of Black Swan. I think before we went in, people would. When, we went in, when Black would, Swan kicked yeah. off, I, I was thinking, "Wow, this is the wrestler done with a thing. Maybe this is a, a whole a point he's proving to go. Well, the wrestler didn't have to be about wrestling. I can make the wrestler. This is a story about human spirit. Uh, about Belair. It's like. Yeah. It's gritty, it's grotesque, it, it's fucking hard out, it's dark, it's twisted. Once you get old, you're out, bloody, it, it wrecks heaven on yeah, your home life. it's the same thing, yeah. but a thing. I don't know, he, and then he flicks, flips it up, and it got all fucked up and much darker than The Wrestler, and much crazier than The Wrestler. So Much dark. crazier than everything he's done, except for maybe Requiem. Yeah. Okay, no, look, Pie, crazy black and white thing, Yeah. but not, not too dark. No. Requiem dark drugs thing it's a hold up comparisons as well it's a spiral down into darkness but you can't relate to that to all the five you can't no but you can say black swan has a spiral into madness mm. maybe the best i've ever seen on screen yeah yeah, no i agree with that um the wrestler has a spiral up in his mind but, it, but the audience is sitting back watching him spiral down i but i guarantee you we can't prove this but i guarantee you if we went back in time and you watched Black Swan without knowing who directed it. I wouldn't notice it. You'd never guess it was Aronofsky. You're like, hey, that's kind of the opposite spiral of what the wrestler had. I think 90% of films you couldn't pick him if you didn't know the director. Uh, okay, yeah, no fair point. Tarantino, maybe. I could, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got our spreadsheets. No, so I, I didn't know what um what I was in for, and for ages the film just lets you into a thing like, this is a, a grotesque... I was re- Look, I was really enjoying it, because I thought this is an exceptional performance from Nellie Portman. She's she kind of hit hit and miss. She does something amazing, and then she'll do something meh. V for Vendetta. Yeah. No, I was thinking of Leon. No, my V for Vendetta was the meh. Oh no, I liked v for, I loved V for Vendetta. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh just she's done a hundred meh. Star Wars. Star Wars. There you go. <laughs> You can't fault Star Wars, acting in Star Wars. It's not about the acting. Oh, you can't fault it because she was up against Hayden Christensen. <laughs> well, just Anyone's maybe it's just she gets her midriff ripped off by a giant monster in number two. <clears throat> Look, you got Leon, you got V Vendetta, you've got Closer, you've got Garden State. She, ah, Garden State, okay. She's That's an nice. exceptional actress that tries a whole lot of different things. She's yeah. got very, pretty good taste. But in between each one, she does a... Uh, yeah, that's true. This one, I thought she outdid herself. Her crying scene, when she was locking herself in the bathroom and, you know, like her fo- her whole face emotes. When she cries, I cried. Like, she was yeah. she was incredible. I was enjoying it. I was enjoying seeing Aronofsky twist the wrestler into a ballet thing. Loving it. But then, the whole thing steps up. Like, the whole thing. All of a sudden, we go, hey, you know how you like this movie? You know how you like this movie? You're about to love it. Yeah, it becomes um, it becomes seven and single white female and American Psycho and oh everything. <laughs> it's 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 incredible. The jumps the audience we were with were reacting to every single thing he wanted them to. There's a scene involving a fingernail and the audience freaked out. There's a, a flash of a, a face in the mirror, for example, one of those fright scenes. Audience freaked out. Uh, it was really well done. 
I had some serious goosebumps when they were um, the sort of goosebumps she gets when Once Upon a Time scrolled up in a Star Wars film when she was mid dance. I suppose it's going to be the famous scene, and everything swells and her character changes, and you realise what she's been able to pull off. Whatever I'm trying to say, oh, it was it was intense. Mm. That's what film should be. Yeah, it was. It, it was. That's it watching was a master at his work. That's watching a master at his work. Not yeah, not just thrilling, but um, no, it was just st- thrilling. St- yeah, thrilling. Okay, yeah. <laughs> So thrilling! It was stimulating, stimulatingly thrilling. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was incredibly done. A lot of parts of it were were incredibly done. And um, what about what about Meg from Family Guy? What about her acting? She did she did fine. And I've I've seen her in um, in comedies. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, she was incredible. That seventy show. Um, I've seen it in. Can Can you give her a name? This is what. <laughs> Mila Kunis. Thanks. They, um, they, they might want to hear her name. You know? Yeah, Mila Kunis. She's she's been she's done comedies that I've loved. She's done um, action stuff and Black Swan. And now, what the fuck was this? Like, yeah, this pull out. Well done, well done, her for taking that. I think she stepped up. I think she punched well above her weight. Well said. It's a shame she was next to Natalie Portman. Not a shame. Natalie Portman probably hauled her up. Working next to Natalie Portman for a couple of months and trying Natalie to... Portman's made more missteps than Mila Kunis ever has. I know, but when when it's time probably because she's done ten times. When it's time to act your heart out, yeah, one's got the goods. Me, well, no, Mila Kunis didn't get to have her big crying scene. She didn't get to have her big wanking scene. She didn't get to, you know, she she was uh she had one mode. She was one character. Yeah, that's. They true. had one mode. That's Natalie true. Portman had a whole range. She had to fight her way through. Did she? What? <laughs> yeah. Can can we so say the fair. last? I think Mila did fantastic with what she had. I can say the last four minutes of that film, the last ten, are some of the best ten minutes I've ever seen on a film ever. A goal. Nah, easily. <laughs> wow. From from when she from when she runs to. That's a soundbite. I'm, you know, I'm replaying this in other shows, right? That's fine. From when? When she... we do our fucking, I don't know, Sergio Leone thing, and we watch the first ten minutes of Once Upon a Time in the Woods. You gonna put it above that? You gonna? I'm gonna replay this. I'm gonna not. I'm not gonna put it above the triple shootout in the cemetery at the end of Once. I mean, uh, <laughs> Good, Bad, Ugly. No way. But it's up there. When she puts on yeah. her white, not from when she puts on her white makeup, but it just builds. It's, I like it so much because she's just had that weird confrontation with her mum. She's had a weird home life. And it builds and builds and builds and builds and builds and builds and builds. Credits. Oh. No, it is. It's, it's, it's very well done. And I liked... Well, I went into it thinking, oh, it's a ballet movie. Oh, it's, yeah. As my darling sister put it, it's Rocky with ballerinas. Yeah. But, you know, I like the director, I like the actors, I thought, I'm going to go see this. What Before I saw it, I saw all the art direction. I saw a bunch of posters released on Twitch and whatnot. And I thought, actually, the art is maybe what's going to lure me into this the most. Like, yeah. they're going to twist this thing, fucking dark and brutal. I need to see this. Yeah, for the f- for a while, it doesn't come in for a while. But when it does, oh, it pays off. Yeah, it does. Like, when I... When, when she's, I, it's my turn or whatever. Oh. <laughs> yeah. All those things I rattled off here at the start, I like the cinematography. I don't know anything about dancing. What would I know about cinematography? I like the costume. I don't know anything about costume. What would I know? It's all just visually pleasing and, and working well to build the impression in my mind that I'm watching a really good film. But what I do not know about, but like to notice, is when classical pieces of music are used well in films. Clockwork Orange, the entire thing. I mean, that's that's the start of it all. But in... Um, it's oh, called Black Swan. No, no, yeah, no. <laughs> Black Swan, but no, in, in the... Shit, Charlie Don't Surf. What's that one with the Ride of the Valkyries? I would say... This is this is where we're gonna I'll cut this bit. Right, this is um, we're gonna disagree. I have nothing to say about the score. 
but it was a waste of time. Oh, well, then listen, awesome. to this. listen to this. Yeah. Oh. No, but you said uh, Ronan Valkyries. Ah, I'm just, what the fuck is that film then? I need to know the film. Apocalypse Now? Yes. So, Ride of the Valkyries in Apocalypse Now, when that shit comes on, and people in the audience that don't need to know anything about music, don't need to like classical music, their hearts swell, because that's how classical music works on people. It's music we've known for decades. I mean, we've known for a couple of hundred years that classical music lifts human emotion. That's why it's done so well. All, all music does, but classical especially. Maybe just to me, but I don't yeah, think so. years ago, but now they made better stuff. Better music. Yeah. That's true. But then they put a classical <laughs> piece in Black Swan, and it does the same thing. My emotion. If there was a chart, if I had little wires hooked up to me, like I was in NASA, and they played that song and showed me that scene, that's when my shit went through the roof. The, that swelling song. They I, used... I had a chill or two, but here, here's where I might may disagree with you because don't you think that, that's that's Michael Bay's trick? He's a piece of classical music, and, no, and no. now he... pull tug tug tug. That is a score different. Yeah, I think a score is different. I like Black Swan because it had no music for a lot of this, a lot of the time. That's true. That's true. This, I'm going out on a limb here, but like. 80% of the time there was no music. If someone said to me, what do you think of that ballet? I'd go, were they dancing, were they? Because the music was fantastic. That's okay. why I think it's slightly different to Michael Bay, who's like, what do you think of Transformers? Oh, something was tugging on my heart, but I didn't notice, but that explosion was huge. His his music is in the background. This was tied so well in. It was tied so well in. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah. I suppose that's what ballet is. Though. It was tied so well in because not only was someone acting, mm. you know, they were spitting around the, the stage on it. Mm. You, should go see, you should go see Black Swan. What else is on? Where well, no, I just want to say oh, in, in closing, I just want people to say, so how did Nigel and Corey's um, first podcast go? Well, they said Black Swan was, was a little bit better than Michael Bay. <laughs> Not Michael Mann, Michael Bay. <laughs> we're we're going to discuss our hate for him soon. Although he's got I Am Number 4 to talk uh, about. I don't want to do that. No, okay. What else is coming out? Okay, so Black Swan's playing at the moment. The Fighter, which we both agree was definitely worth a watch. Fan, yeah. Corey says because it's incredible. I say because Christian Bale. Because it was an incredible boxing film and because of the mm, slight twist. Films. Slight twist midway through. Oh, comedies. Carry on. Mm, carry on. What else? Uh, social Network is still playing. If you haven't seen that. that Everyone knows good. what Social Network is, yeah. Uh, Winter's Bone. No one knows what Winter's Bone is because that came. If in you haven't seen Winter's Bone yet, it's your last fucking chance. Go, go see it like this week. I reckon. You got to rush to see it at, at Rialto or something. Like yeah, that. it was in my top five of last year. The gritty Southern American, not Southern American. It's, yeah, American South. American South. Yeah, br- brilliant. And you got to see it because Jennifer Lawrence is about to take off, and she was awesome. It's not. It's not a period piece, but because where it's set, like in the middle of nowhere, everything's like you know. There's no Xboxes in the thing. It's a very they're cooking in rusty cars and stuff like that. It it's to it doesn't board, overdo it. It's the East Cape boy. What that is probably to that part of those mountains, Appalachian Mountains, whatever they call it. It was um, it was incredible. Came out of the film mm. festival. It's winning awards. Starting performances by everybody. People that you recognise as being in lots of other things. I think it's it's uh, been a Rialto now. I think it's starting its third month. Like you got to see this thing. It's yeah it's, yeah. It's really, if really you want to if you want to take someone and just sit in the back of the cinema, it'll be empty. You'll be able to yeah. You'll be able to really soak it all in. Fantastic film. <laughs> keep keep flying through the list of what's on. Uh, we, we aim this podcast at all. Alice Creed is still on. Uh, another film we both really enjoyed. Um, Disappearance of Alice Creed. Disappearance of Alice, Alice Creed. Uh, yeah, I, I don't like patching in films, but this this movie nearly changed my mind. Um, I've got a big ups for the kids are all right, which is still playing. One, one second, was... Disappearance of Alice Creed is a kidnapping thriller, really incredible film as well. Go go see it. Check it out. Google it. Wikipedia it. 
It's fantastic. Kids are all right. That lesbian comedy, right? <laughs> That's all it is. Nothing more than that. Next we have... <laughs> Kids are right. It's got my vote for um, it. May be the 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 wittiest, uh, loveliest ensemble family comedy of the year. This thing was was amazing. I was crying with joy. I, I got to see it again. It was brilliant. It's still playing. Um, if you get a chance, a couple of things we're still yet to see. We might see in the next uh, week or so. The King's Speech. Everyone knows what that is. Yeah. <clears throat> Period piece. I'm not gonna. I don't think I'll bother seeing that. Maybe, but it's going to win awards. It is going to win It'll awards. be on DVD, DVD shelves for years. American Sorry, American award shows, correct me if I'm wrong, like to give British period pieces awards. If you can have an American actor in a large dress reading Shakespeare, that's, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but um, I think it will win awards. Uh, the Green Hornet, we're actually both very interested to see. Uh, I think they're really starting to work 3D more in as less of a gimmick and more of a more of a storytelling film. I don't know whether this wave of 3D is going to I, I, do, I do believe um, Green Hornet is one of the ones that is offered in 2D, though. We could go and... If you were to go on a Tuesday in Auckland, you could maybe go to a $10... 2D version. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, okay. So it's not totally. It's not totally 3D. But you watch. Um, you watch Journey to the Center of the Earth or whatever it is, starring Will Ferrell. Why would anybody? Um, and it's. Uh, Brenda Fraser. Brenda Fraser. Oh, thanks, man. We're not cutting that out. I'll embarrass myself. I don't. I don't get shit right. Um, still, why would anybody watch it? However. <laughs> that was gimmick that was like whoa they go over a waterfall that was a 3D as a gimmick film and then you've got Avatar which is a 3D as a gimmick plus look what I can do with computers these days plus I'm trying to tell a story badly and didn't work but I think this I think uh, superhero movies are where 3D I suck can... having a wife an ex-wife that who that's beats awesome. you yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know that's the best part we've got nothing like that to look forward to the Oscars not even Ricky Gervais hosting who's hosting well who knows oh no Frank um not Frank. What's his name? 127 Hours. Frank O. I was going to say Draco Malfoy. Oh my God, that's embarrassing. He's off Harry Potter. What's his name? James Franco. James Franco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's hosting the Oscars. Co? Co-hosting or hosting? Yeah. With Anne Hathaway. I heard they were co-hosting blah, blah, blah. the Oscars, is it? Yeah, I think so. Because Frank, Franco's mad about the Oscars. Have you, you've got, you've got like big TV or something. Sky, whatever you need to watch that's it. That's what it's called, cable. Yeah, we can watch the Oscars. We're yeah? Not. We should do Oscars, a live Oscars pod. We can't do it live, but we can pause it and discuss every... Oh, yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, we'll do an Oscars pod. Oh, but people aren't interested in Oscars. Ah, fuck it. They can listen to what they're told. Yeah, totally. Yeah. We'll record three <laughs> hours and then edit it down to an hour. Yep. And what else are we... Um... Totally. Uh, Wagner and me, the Stephen Fry doco about his uh, favourite musician, uh, Wagner. and Spelt um, Wagner, just in case. Sorry. Yeah. His favorite musician Wagner, <laughs> and the clash that uh, that has in his soul because he he comes from uh, a family of Holocaust survivors. A three-hour epic called Fella. Oh uh, yeah. What's it called? Fella. Oh, it's just called Fella. About everyone's favorite exclamation point Ethiopian jazz musician, funk soul from the seventies. Anything like that? Is he not? Am I close? Fella Kuti. He's awesome. Everyone loves him. My sister gave him to me. Is it him or are they? I think it's a him because his grandson's doing it now. His dad was like Falakuti and his and his son's now like I don't know, Falakuti Doko. So that's it for this week. Tuesday, come next Tuesday. Oh, uh, yeah. we, we have an epic choice here. If you loved the shit out of this discussion, next week we have a couple of options. We have Green Hornet. We discussed is probably something we should go see, but at the same time there's Shaolin, which I don't know, probably pronounced badly. Um, Shaolin. Shaolin. Perfect. Andy Lau versus Nicholas T. With a, a cameo from from Jackie Chan. Chinese epic. I'm going to see massive Chinese epic. 
Yeah, no, that'll be awesome. Or Green Hornet, and we're going to review it here. Um, or King's Speech? Or, yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe. It depends on what mood I'm in. We don't have to watch every boring thing that the Academy said we have to. No, that's why I'm saying maybe, not yes. It's Colin Firth and Jeffrey Rush and Helena Bonham. <clears throat> yeah. It looks kind of boring. Do we not say Carter anymore? Yeah, sorry. I just forgot it. HPC. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm sharp like that. that. I'm sharp like that. So that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna record a podcast every week about film and and rant about one or two like we did today and and, um, and tell you what you should see Auckland because well you should listen to us because like there's heaps coming up that we're gonna tell you about. For example, Doco Fest is coming up, boy. Doco Fest. Oh, the Doco Fest is coming up. Big ups for Doco Fest. French it's Film Festival. About two two weeks away. Yep, it's about six weeks away. European Film Festival? Six weeks away. Which World Cinema Showcase? More. Ten like weeks April, away. April, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the Film Festival. Look, there's so much stuff coming up. Um, people might think um, Auckland, there's so much to do, bro. The cinema is always pumping in Auckland. Yeah, $10 Tuesdays. Nothing, nothing beats faster. No, so nothing beats faster. I, I read that in it. Should we get you a job at an event? Do we want to make a newspaper. phone call? Okay. <laughs> I like that. I like that. And I just want to send a special shout out to um, Charade, one of my one of my favorite favorite all time films. Oh, go go plug it. Go for Not, it. Nineteen sixty three. Audrey Hepburn. Oh, Audrey Hepburn. Put it in context. Tell them that it's Cary Grant, Walter Matthau, James Coburn. Oh, this thing is absolutely brilliant. Anyway, it's an old. It's an old um, it could have been a Hitchcock film. It wasn't Hitchcock, but it was. It's one of those twisty, fucking everywhere spies, fucking what, what crime it, thing. What was it called? Charade. When's it playing? It's playing. Um, <laughs> it's it's a Valentine's Day thing, seven p.m. Um, Academy in the in Auckland City or over the over the shore. They've got one as well. Oh, like the Victoria Cinema. Well. Victoria Cinema. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Uh, 15 bucks for a ticket to an awesome, awesome film you will never regret, and you get a free glass of wine with it. It's one of those great classics, and what you're saying is like Do a it. $6 I'm, movie and an $8 glass of wine. Yeah. Yeah. No, I haven't, got, I haven't got a Valentine's date. I'm going regardless. This film is... Okay, so Nigel's going to go see Charade. I'm going to wait six months and see Cowboys vs. Aliens. <laughs> Cowboys and Aliens. Unless Battle for Los Angeles comes out yeah, soon. Yeah, Charade is just like that. Yeah, no, that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. I think that's enough actually. We'll probably call it a wrap. We'll see you um we'll see you next week. I'm Corey. I'm Nigel. We'll catch you later. Music would fade in that part and then take over. Yeah. You, you say I'm Corey, I'm Nigel. I'm Corey. I'm Nigel. <laughs>